mediator between God and men. And that's the man Christ Jesus. Now I want you to know a mediator is an important role. My friend, if you're a parent, you know how important this role is. You mediate many disputes if you have more than one child in the home. Amen? They fight. They fight. I want you to know something, and i just got to confess to you tonight that me and your pastor growing up, we fought. And he got a lot of whoopings, because I whooped him. Just go ahead and say it. For that comment this morning. Daddy. I want to tell you something. Mama was there with a shoe, and Daddy was there with a belt. And they were there to mediate. And said, look here. Y'all get it straightened out. Look here, y'all get it worked out. And my friend, I want you to know their goal was to have peace in their house. And I never did understand why they were so concerned with peace, but I get it today. Because I hear it on the other end of the house. And I know it's getting bad. I don't want to get out of my chair. I like it too much. So I just holler out, y'all settle down. Work it out. But I want to tell you something eventually. If it doesn't get worked out, there has to be a mediation that takes place. We don't call it fighting in our home. We're too spiritual for that. We call it intense moments of fellowship. How does that sound? (laughs) And when we have those times, we've got to sit down and we've got to work some things out. I want you to know this evening that beyond that, even worse so, we are at odds with God. And therefore, we need somebody to go between us and God. There was a fellow in the Old Testament by the name of Job. And I want to tell you something. He was a good man. He did everything he could that was right. He was faithful to the Lord. He sacrificed like he was supposed to. He prayed for his children. I want to tell you something. He did it all right. And he lost everything. And I, I want to tell you something, my friend. He lost his fortune. He lost his family. And my friend, he lost it all. And then at the end of the day, you know, I'm sure he said to himself, well, at least I still have my health. And then they're all sad. Then he said, well, at least I still got my wife. Then she come along and she done left him. And I want to tell you something. He was really in a bad way. And I want you to know something. If you get in a bad way, that's a good book to go through and to see what Job went through. Because no matter what, I don't know of anybody that's gone through the things that Job went through. But I want you to know something. In the midst of his despair and his lament, this is what he cried in Job 9. He said, for he is not a man that I am that I should answer him, speaking of the Lord, and that we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman betwixt us that it might lay his hand upon both of us. I want you to know something this evening. You may at times feel like Job, and as if you cannot go to God. He's just too far away, or He's too high up there, or you've sinned too greatly, or you you have strayed too far, or there's a fact that you're going through a trial or a trouble or some sort of tribulation, and you think, you know, they just, I can't go to God. I don't feel like I can go. I want you to know that there is someone who can go on your behalf. I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is that daysman that stands betwixt us and God and can place His hand on both. Oh, my friend, I want to tell you something. We've got a mediator who can settle the conflict between us and God and bring us together in peace. Let me share with you, first of all, the role of a mediator. First of all is to establish communication. And he began by establishing communication between God and man. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, we read there, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners 
spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophet. Prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. I want you to know that Jesus came as the Word of God. The Bible says that that Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. I want you to know that Jesus came on behalf of God as a spokesman. Whatever He said, He said with authority. Whatever He said, He said with power. Whatever He said, He said with all of heaven behind Him. Because He spoke on behalf of the Father. And I want you to know that He came. And when He came, He said, I have come to save souls. And all that come unto Me, I'll not reject. All that the Father brings unto me, I'll not turn away, but I'll receive them and I'll save them. My friend, I want you to know, Jesus may be in heaven today, but His Word is still with us. And it moves on today and it tells us tonight, you can come to Jesus. You can be saved. The invitation is available to you today just as much as it was in those days. Jesus says you come. But finally, I want you to know that Jesus also goes to God on behalf of man. Oh, let me share with you what else the writer of Hebrews had to say over in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 24, one of my favorite verses. We read here in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 24, it says, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself. Now, if it just stopped there, it'd be okay. Because we know where Jesus is at. If we needed to find Him, we could say, hey, Jesus is in heaven. But I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit doesn't stop short there, does He? He goes on and He tells us what Jesus is doing. Now, to appear in the presence of God for us. I want to tell you something. I've got representation in heaven. I may not have it in Washington. There we go again, bringing that up, huh? I may not have it up there in Little Rock. I may not have it. I live in Louisiana, down in Baton Rouge. I may not have it down there at the schoolhouse. But I tell you what, I've got it in heaven. And I will say this, because I've got it in heaven, it's the highest court and highest authority that there ever was. Friend, don't ever think that this, you, you ain't nothing because you, oh, you've got the Lord. I want you to know something. You've got everything you need in Him. Oh, you've got a mediator. So I want you to know that He establishes communication. But not only that, but He also expedites peace. His goal is to make peace. Listen to Colossians chapter 1. It says, For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. By Him I say, whether they be things on earth or things in heaven. Listen to me. I want you to know that Jesus came for one sole purpose, and that was to make peace. Now, have you ever been invited to be in one of those chats? That is, maybe a co-worker who's got mad at another co-worker. Or God forbid, a family member that's upset with another family member. And you're called to come in and to see what all's going on. I want to tell you something, that can be kind of a nasty business. Well, I want you to know, when Jesus comes in, He has but one goal, and that is to make peace. His desire is to make peace above everything else. There's no question of why Jesus came. There's no question as to His motives. His motives was to bring us unto God. Oh, what a wonderful Savior. What a wonderful Savior that we have. 
But I want you to know that also do we see the role of a mediator, but we also see the requirements. What is it that he is to do? What is it that this mediator does? Well, first of all, I want you to know that he puts his hand on the problem. A good mediator doesn't ignore the facts. He doesn't say, well, we're just going to ignore this case over here or their argument over there. He doesn't say, well, we're just going to set aside those things and overlook those other things. I want you to know that he's got to satisfy all parties involved. And God sent his son to be the mediator because he knew that the mediator would not overlook the problem of sin. Let me share with you. Romans chapter 8 and verse 3, it says, For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son. I just love that phrase. God sending His own Son. In the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus came to deal with the problem of sin. To acknowledge the problem means to, number one, locate what it is. What is the thing that offends God? What is the thing that has caused the problem? And then, to move beyond it and to address it. Because if we don't address the problem, then my friend, I want to tell you something, it does no good to locate the problem. It's kind of like going to the doctor and the doctor saying, listen here, you're sick. You're afflicted. We don't know what's going on, but you have these symptoms. You have these problems. You have these things. You have these ailments. We don't know what to do. We don't have the answers for it all. But don't forget to pay your copay on the way out the door, right? Amen? Isn't that what it's about? Well, I want to tell you something. Jesus not only puts His finger on the problem, but He also gives a solution as well. He also takes care of the problem. He gives what is needed to resolve the problem. You see, God could not overlook sin, and Jesus can't either. But Jesus made plain. He said, I'm not come to condemn the world, but I'm come to save the world. I'm not come, my friend, so that I might press you down, but I've come that I might lift you up. I've not come to push you farther away from God because you're a long ways off. I've come to bring you closer to Him. And that's exactly what Jesus wants to do this evening. I want you to know that He takes care of the problem, but He also solves the problem. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, it says, For Christ hath also once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. What does that tell me? That tells me that Jesus came for the sole purpose of saying, Hey, I'll be the solution to the problem of sin. That's exactly what He did. Exactly what He did. So I want you to know that we see the role of a mediator, the requirements of a mediator, but finally the results of a mediator. What is the goal? What is the purpose of it all? Brother Paul, you've been camp director for 47 years. A day or two. You've been called into those meetings, sometimes at midnight. Why is it always at midnight at camp? Can't we solve this when the light's up? I'll never forget, one year I was serving in some role at our camp, and I was called into this meeting. And I sat and I listened to the complaints, and I listened to the problems, and I listened and I listened and I listened. And I'm looking at my clock, and I'm thinking, man, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm ready to go to bed. And all of these issues, all of these things, and don't get me wrong, they were all serious and all needed to be squared away. But I want you to know 
what I find is that oftentimes, if all we look at is what is going on right now, and we don't have the desire and the right motives to see it resolved, then, my friend, it never gets straightened out. And I want you to know that you can sit where you're at, feeling as if you're far from God, feeling as if you are alienated from the Lord and also His people. But I promise you this, Jesus will make a way to where you can come back. I want to share with you the results, and this is why this is so important, because this is His goal. This is what He desires. First of all, He removes all distance between us and God. I want you to know we learned this morning that sin separates us from God. It divides us. It keeps us from going to God. But I want you to know that Jesus makes a way to where we can go. Remember over there at John 14, Thomas said, How do we know the way? And Jesus said, What? I'm the way. The truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He provided the way. Oh, what a great blessing. Listen to this verse in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, For He is our peace. Who is our peace? The Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you something. Our peace is not at anybody else in this world. Matter of fact, Jesus said in this world, you're going to have trouble. You shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He is our peace hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in His flesh the enmity, that is the great divide, the great conflict, the great problem that we have. Even the law of commandments and contained in ordinances. For to make in Himself of twain or two one new man, so making peace. And that He might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were far off, and to them that were nigh. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now the Apostle was writing here to this church. They had Jews on the one side. They had Gentiles on the other. And the Gentiles were quite large in number. And Paul was writing them and saying, Listen here, you need to understand something. Jesus came to break down the great divides between men. Jesus came to break down the great problems between the Jews and the Gentiles. Jesus came to save the whole world from their sins. But not only did He destroy that great divide and bring people together, but I want you to know that He also brought us unto God. Now you look around tonight and you think about the people that are here this evening. Some of you all work jobs that are so opposite and so different. You'd never meet anywhere else in this world, would you? Some of you, you run in different circles. You're big into balls. Some of you are big into other stuff. I want you to know something. There is but one person that brings us together tonight, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that is a great reconciler. I want you to know that the world is desiring peace today. The world wants peace today. They, they cry for it. They march for it. They protest for it. They do all they can for it. But I want you to know that peace will not be found without the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the Bible teaches that righteousness and peace have kissed each other and they're joined together in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you have Christ, you have the righteousness of God. And when you have the righteousness of God, you have the peace of God. When there is no righteousness in a society, there will be no peace. Why is there trouble? There is no peace. Why is there no peace? Because there is no Christ. He's the great mediator that brings us all together. I want to tell you something, my friend. He can bring peace to your home this evening. 
He can bring peace to your school tonight, tomorrow. He can bring peace in your job. He can bring peace in your family, in your extended family. He can bring peace when nobody else can. Oh, I want you to know, He gave Himself and separated Himself from the love of the Father and the wonderful unity that they experienced for all of eternity past so that we could be brought unto God. He made peace by the blood of His cross. Oh, having slain the enmity thereby. I want you to know something. He took it out of the way so that we could be saved and brought to Him. But finally also, we see the results of a mediator and the fact that all distance is removed. But I want you to know that all differences between us and God is removed as well. If you'll turn back to the book of Romans chapter 8, I want to close with these verses. And I thought Brother Paul was just going to take over my sermon and just preach for a little while this evening. Because I want to tell you something. We've got a good Father. We've got a good Father. And I echo what he said. You may not have a good Father here on this earth, but you can have a good Father in heaven. And I want you to know something. Your daddy gave you exactly what our daddy gave me and your pastor. And that's a sin nature. And your daddy may not be faithful. And your daddy may fail you at times. But I promise you this. You can have a heavenly father that will love you for eternity. And he'll never let you down. But there is but one way to get into the family of God. There is but one way for you to be brought into the fold. And that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 8. In verse 10, we read there, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now skip down to verse 15. It says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit, That we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. And guess what? Join heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. I want you to know, He not only has removed all the distance, but He has removed all the difference as well. You see, here's how this thing goes. When you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, He becomes your advocate. The one that stands between you and God. And every time that you sin, every time that you fail, every time that you fall short, Jesus tells the Father, I paid for that sin. When we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us our sins. And the Bible says to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I want you to know that that means that because Jesus lives at the right hand of God, I never have to defend myself. I never have to try to excuse myself. I never have to try to justify myself. Because I am justified in the power and the righteousness and the holiness of Jesus Christ. So that as God looks down upon me, He doesn't see that old reprobate. He doesn't see that old sinner. He doesn't see that old man. He sees only His Son, Jesus Christ. 
Now I want to tell you something. You may have grown up in a home where your parents said, listen, you need to be more like him or you need to be more like her. I want you to know something. God, as your Father in heaven, He says, yes, I want you to be more like my Son, Jesus Christ. Because I want to tell you something. Jesus is always right. Oh, I love that verse over there that says that Jesus has now become the firstborn among many brethren. That is, that because of His resurrection from the grave, He come back to life and He lives forevermore. He is the firstborn. And my friend, we are the secondborn through Jesus Christ. Therefore, I am a part of the family of God. Oh, what a great blessing that is. Now here's the thing about it. You get sideways sometimes with family members. But you got to remember Thanksgiving is coming around. You got to remember Christmas is coming. You get sideways with some church folk. But you got to remember Sunday will be next week as well. Wednesday night will be here before you know it. You get sideways with somebody out in the world. I promise you, God's going to make you pass cross again. I want you to know something. Jesus can bring peace to those situations. Now, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know where you're at. I don't even know if you know the Lord as your Savior, but I do know this. I know that the Lord Jesus Christ died on a cross for those sins. He was buried and He rose again the third day so that you could be saved. That if you'll but believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be saved tonight. Child of God, I want you to know that you cannot excuse your way out of your mess. You can't justify what you have done. You can't run from it. And God will not excuse it. But I want you to know, Jesus paid for it. I don't know what that it is. I don't know what is going on in your life. I don't know how far away you have gotten. I don't know to what extent that you have gone in that rebellion against your heavenly Father. But I do know this. Just as that prodigal returned unto the Father and found the Father waiting for him, the Father is waiting for you tonight. And he is calling. And he is saying, come home. Come home. There is one mediator between God and men. And that's a man, Christ Jesus. I remember preachers preaching when I was growing up. They'd always say, if you're coming back, you've got to come back by way of the cross. And you know, that's true. Because it was there that your sins were, my sins were paid for. It was there that my friend redemption was made. It was there where reconciliation took place. So that now, the Lord Jesus Christ stands as our great mediator between us and God. Won't you come to Him this evening? Let's stand. We're going to have a word of prayer, a hymn of invitation. And I ask that you will follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And whatever He wants you to do tonight. If it's salvation you need, it's salvation you can have. If it's rededication you need, get it right and get it dedicated. If it's baptism you require, if it's church membership, whatever it is.